What is the what what <laughs> I arrogance? Don't know what I don't know what that implied arrogance. Can you perceived arrogance? Was JP? Mm-hmm. Can you please explain what arrogance you are speaking of? I really wanted, like, I really wanted. I seriously have no idea what you're talking about. This isn't me, like, trying to play. I don't know what kind of arrogance you're I'm, talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm very fully, confused. I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully appreciative of my of my implied arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're just out here talking. I didn't <laughs> notice it throughout the last conversation. <laughs> yeah, but, right. No, why can I yell? This is what's also funny, and we went through this with Tom, and we, we go through it with Jay, and people will say, "Well, DP, you know, you're, you're uh, no, like, we're just talking." And yeah. I would never think less of Bach for any opinion he has. You know why I, I can say that out loud? Because I actually pay him to come and give that opinion <laughs> every day. That's right. All day, every day. Even though I don't agree with you on everything. Right, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, Imagine we went through that. this morning. And just like this morning, I need somebody. Hey, Bach. <laughs> Get in here. You know, like, it's don't take, don't take, don't take. <laughs> don't take outside perspective as as arrogance. Don't do that. That's not what it is. Like, just allow people. Like, sometimes don't be the wrestling fan who doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Bach, what's the first clip? Give me one, bro. All right, let's go. Let's start with. Uh, let's see. Sorts did a lot of, uh, of picking up. There here. was there was a lot. Sorts did a great job. Yeah, yeah Jake start. was busy. Yeah. Uh, let's go with when did you make the decision to, uh, to fire Scott Frost? Yeah, I think last night, uh, not a lot of slept, you know, didn't sleep a lot, Andy, and, and, uh, a lot of us didn't, but, um, you know, some real concern, um, throughout the first couple games and, you know, wanted this thing to work, wanted to give a little extra time. And I think last night and then through the night and then into this morning, um, I really felt like, um, you know, we needed, needed to make a change. Like simplicity, right? I mean, Rico, am I wrong in that? That listen, it it weighed on him heavy enough to have to make a decision. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to just look at it as a boss employee kind of relationship, but I, and I don't know, I don't know their actual relationship, but they both played at Nebraska. They both have strong ties back to the area. So I would like to think that they, they, you know, kind of get along with each other. Maybe they're friends outside of work. So, you know, having to go in and, and, and talk to a guy who you have the utmost respect for and tell him like, look, man, it's just not working out here. I know you played here. I know, you know, you've been here for X amount of years and, and, and you've poured your heart and soul. As Trev said, he's poured his frost has poured his heart and soul into this thing it's not working out we're gonna have to let you go and just thinking about that kind of kind of you know having that weigh heavily on your mind on your heart all night like knowing the next day you're going to wake up call this dude into your office and tell him you are now no longer going to have this job that you you know so fondly you know wanted growing up or or you know when you finally got into the coaching ranks I mean that's that that seems extremely hard. I, I've never been in that situation, and I hope to never be in a situation where I have to fire somebody. But yeah, I mean that 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 must be rough. It's not fun. It, it it's not fun. I've had to fire head coaches uh, from a minor league level, and it takes an act of Congress. Like it really is a big deal. Uh, owners in place, uh, league rules about how these these. These things should be handled, uh, personnel rules, human re- resource mm-hmm. rules about how things need to be handled. And to, to make a decision of this level, of this magnitude, in this space, took a, it took a whole lot. I don't wish that on anybody because it's never a good day. Like I said, I never root for anybody 
uh, specifically coaches to get fired. You, like, no matter how easy the fans want to say that it is, like, look, he's been losing for four years and three games. Like, it should be easy. Just go in there and tell him, look, it's not getting done. You got to leave. Like, this is a person who you've had conversations with. This is a person who you built a relationship with, a person mm-hmm. who his family is here. He he grew up here. Like, I'm not saying he has to move away or anything, but if he does decide to get another, if he does decide to stay in coaching and get hard. another job, he's he gonna have to oh, go yeah. somewhere. He's gonna have to go somewhere else. He's gonna have to uproot and go somewhere else, and that's that. That's hard. Here's a question for you: Do you think it was easier for Scott to coach at UCF than it was here? Yeah. Yeah. Right for all those reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all, all of that thing. So then, do you think that the level of play mattered? Do you think that the level of play at UCF and the the, the scheduling at UC, UCF was better suited for Scott than Big Ten? Yeah, and, and in hindsight, but the other thing too is like UCF. I know they were zero and twelve, but they Georgia Lear was like eleven and two there a few years before. So mm-hmm. the hole that they that two years we, before we like to give them. Or we like to say Scott Frost, you know, built them from nothing. Also, keep in mind that Scott Frost, like, had offers to other schools, in, in, according, to, you know, according to him, or, was that he was waiting for, like, the perfect school that was going to work with him or, or a school that he felt like he could recruit to. And, and, you know, Central Florida in the middle of Florida there, yeah. not a bad not a bad place to choose. So, yeah, I mean, I think undoubtedly it's it's easy. And we're seeing that, you know, you learn that from Justin Fuente over there at Memphis. It, you know, it, it's tough. It's a tough move to go from group of five to power five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, everything for everything that Scott Frost was about, you know, offensively coaching wise, just fit well at UCF. Like the way that he wanted to run his offense just matched up perfect for the American and at UCF because, you know, at, at a Central Florida, you throw a rock, you hit a fantastic athlete. You're kind of, I don't want to say, I'm going to say it, but I mean it in the nicest way. Picking up the scraps from Florida, Miami, and Florida State, but the scraps in the state of Florida are still amazing athletes. Well, I mean, it's Florida, it's Texas, it's California. Uh, There's certain spaces where Chicago, where you go and that sort of uh, position player that you're looking for, skill position guys, exist Um, just because of the population. Mm -hmm. But also – there's a different level of focus on those sports yeah. and those positions. Uh, from the athletic department, uh, following today's announcement, uh, we will have a change uh, to this week's media schedule. There will not be a regular Monday press conference uh, media, with media across, but it will happen Tuesday with interim head coach Mickey Joseph. Tuesday, and more details will be be provided tomorrow. Sense. So um, some time for some onboarding. Bach, can you hit that button over there? Uh there's time for some onboarding for, for Mickey Joseph to go through some of the, the human relation, human resources stuff that has to happen, uh, some of the uh, compliance stuff that has to be done, uh, and there's a ton of work. Look, Mickey uh, uh, Trev Albert's work hasn't isn't complete. He's just getting started. Yeah, and the business that's that, that's required in this space, um, good for him, good for him that he seems to have a plan. Again, with integrity being the lead and the key, that's a that, that's a really cool thing. Craig's on the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Craig, what's up? Hey, DP. Uh, I'd like your honest opinion. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that Howard Hawks and Mike Jacobson had a conversation with Trev Alberts yesterday? I don't Thanks know. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you, Craig. Uh, real talk, I don't know. Uh, but for people in those spaces – and in those places who have that sort of access and influence, 
I would imagine that last night was full of conversations from people who were in the building last night and who were in the building in Dublin and who were in the, the building uh, last week and with an eye to Oklahoma. Yeah, another reason Trev probably didn't sleep is his, pro- his phone probably didn't stop ringing. Well, I mean, look, it's not – I don't care how much you get paid for it. There's a lot of work required for you not only to have, uh, you know, football under your, your the full scope. And, and that's everything. Department. But that's everything in the football program. If you had nothing else just to deal with, was just football. And I, I, I patted Keith Mann on the back last night and said I was appreciative and had mad respect for the amount of work that he puts in to keep news uh, provided, access, for access being provided. I, I, I wanted to say him thank you for being uh, decent to us as we juggle personnel and try to get new people in place. Like we make the phone call and say, hey, can you uh, let Rico be our volleyball guy? And they're like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. done. Like, can we get Nick some exposure? Yes. They, they've done that. Keith Man, I mean, look, he's he's he and Seamus, look, man, that's a, a ton of work. And those are the soldiers for Trev. But Trev has to be the grand overseer. Look, you've got the number two volleyball program in the country over there with a legendary coach and a roster unlike anything we've ever seen. And he has to control that. And then soccer and then bowling and then wrestling and then basketball starting in two weeks or whatever it is. So the search of it all, right, to imagine – the, the, the cell phone or cell phones, plural, or the emails of Trev Alberts and what he has to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Look, man, I'll stand and applaud that. I'll stand and applaud that dude for whatever decision he makes good and bad because I know he put in the work ahead of time. I couldn't do it. Right? Like, it's, it, it's just impressive. Like, we, we stress over doing the one thing or the two things that we have to do. And here's a guy that's just doing his thing, right? You go, oh, my goodness gracious, what is happening here? Um so it's it's decent. Um, also, uh, side note, uh, with the press conference tomorrow, Nebraska volleyball head coach John Cook and players will be invited. They'll be available tomorrow. So uh, that's between 545 and 6, Rico. P.M.? P.M. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. So just things to note that is direct from Keith Mann. Bach, uh, what, what other clip do you have? What, what's next? Uh, let's, go, let's start with uh, from the top here. Opening statement on why Frost was fired and why Mickey Joseph is taking over. Thank uh, Mickey Joseph uh, for taking on this role. I felt like there's nine games left in the season, and uh, I think we owed it to the players. We owe it. We've got good players on this football team, and so having a different voice and and having some new energy and enthusiasm, I'm hoping um, can make a difference for this team. And then third and finally, I think at the end of the day, there has to be accountability. When you run a professional organization that um, has high standards. Accountability has to matter. And, you know, Scott and I talked about this very clearly. 16 and 31 obviously was, was not at a level that um, was acceptable to us. So I met with Scott this morning at 11 o'clock. I'll just kind of walk you through um, the process of the day. I met with Scott at 11 o'clock and, and informed him. I want you to know that Scott was extremely collegial and he understood. Um, I wasn't surprised because I know how much Scott loves this place. And I think that's really important. Um, we then both had an opportunity to go down and meet with the team. Uh, we sent an email to our team. Most of the team was here, so we got to meet with our team. And uh, Scott was with me, and I thanked the team. 
and I thank Scott in front of the team for all of his hard work. I think the team really cares about Scott, and I know Scott really cares about the team. I then gave Scott an opportunity to spend time himself with the team. And so we all left, and Scott spent time with the team, and, and uh, those conversations will remain with the team and Scott. And then finally, I invited uh, Mickey Joseph, and, and Mickey came in about 11.45 and, and, uh, and spoke to the team and, and walked them through some of the changes that he envisioned. Uh, I communicated to Mickey that Mickey's the head coach. Um, I won't meddle in Mickey's decision-making process. I encouraged Mickey to be the head coach and make decisions as the head coach. And so uh, he'll ultimately have an opportunity probably with all of you to explain. I think there will be some changes. He explained some of the changes with the team. There will be some structural changes and things that I think Mickey believes in, which will, uh, will be good going forward. He can explain all that to you. I, I want to emphasize a couple of things. Period, point blank, Mickey Joseph is the, is the interim head coach. He's, he's running things. Yep. Right? That's it. That's it. And, and as Trev just said, he will be given permission to make all the decisions based on personnel that he feels is necessary. Don't miss – look, I stop doing the social media thing and going, well, what about this or what about that? No, man. The boss just told you what the deal was. Mm-hmm. He will be given permission and access to do all the things that are required of that position, in that position. That includes personnel around him. And I asked the question. I said, it, it, I want to see what was done today, but I also want to see what's being done forward because it's there is a new boss in this program. Uh, from the text line as well, uh, Esma says this. What's up, DP Bach and Rico? Thank you guys for being on today. Uh, when I heard the news, I knew you would be on. Cheers. Um, yeah, th- listen, we, we all had plans. We all had stuff to do today. But on on, on big days, like we, in, in order to be a Lincoln sports station, we, we got to show up. And quite frankly, look, I, I'm, I'm not sure there's other places in, in town that could do this. I wanted to have the discussions. I wanted to hear you guys. I wanted to read you guys. Uh, J- <laughs> Joe P says this. Because uh, <laughs> I think I need to change my name to Detailer Joe because I don't want the public thinking I'm JP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm behind exactly what DP is saying about thinking, uh, thanking Scott and welcoming Mickey. Also, have you talked about what will happen with Matt Davison uh, in a new role that Scott has gone? Should his role change keep things the same, or will he be let go quiet, uh, too quietly? I don't know what you do in that space um, because of his place with fundraising, uh, communications, and other. Um, I don't know what Mickey and, and Matt's relationship is. The ABM thing also interesting because – that seemed to be pretty closely tied to Frost. So right. there's going to be some right. <laughs> some maneuvering that needs to happen. Um, I don't know. but Interesting to see, right? Yeah. It's going re- to be a really interesting next couple of – I feel like if if big changes happen, it's going to happen in the next two weeks. I'm thinking in the next two days. Yeah. I don't think I, you I'm linger the with them. I don't think you linger around with the day. If, 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 if it's not your guy – if it's not your guy, when you take over, it's not your guy. Look, man. Like, there's some people that you're on the fence with, and you go, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. 
But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you, you, you go through this week, you get through Oklahoma, and if it's not your guy, but you were like, oh, maybe, and if it doesn't work, then, you know, adios. But if it's not your guy and you're, you're on the fence and then you go through Oklahoma and maybe things seem to be going in the right direction, you're like, okay, we have a bye week to continue to work through this. From the text line, is Mickey going to address the press today? We were told that Mickey will address the press on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday is Gotta what give we him were t- yeah, well, two days. Look, there's some onboarding that has to go on. Yeah. Like, there's some onboarding that has to happen, right? I feel like there's a lot of stuff to go through in two days. Oh, man, there's a lot to learn. Uh, from Michael in Columbia, South Carolina, Trev Alberts exudes confidence and competence. We knew he was hired to make tough decisions. Leadership we need. Back the boys, and Trev we trust. Go Big Red. I'm, I'm a member of that club. And I've said, even in the, in the three weeks of this college football season, I've said Mark Whipple and Mickey Joseph – uh, Apple White, Rayola, give me some hope mm-hmm. in that their movement seems to be a forward and up movement. Um, it may take time, but they seem to be. Uh, and then talking to players who 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 showed confidence in, in them as well. It is interesting. I, I would want to say. I think that you know, and this won't be answered now, but maybe you can kind of give your thoughts on it. Is this going to reflect well on Trev that he brought Scott Frost back to begin with? Because it, I mean, it, it's gone disastrous. I mean, it couldn't only, you know, you don't bring him back with the idea that you're going to have to let him go in three games. So I, 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 for the most part, I say, I don't think that Trev's made too many mistakes as athletic director. Obviously this wouldn't be one that you would um, really, you know, mark against him as, as he's the, the big deal is the next hire or if he sticks with Mickey, but uh, in hindsight, I don't think that's going to be the best look. Do you think, in any way, shape, or form, Trev Alberts made that decision? He's the man. It's like it's the same thing with Scott. Uh, if, gonna, if Scott's I'm the man, gonna, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I'll ask you again. Okay, because there's a couple of things in play. In certain situations, <laughs> he's the man. Uh, but he's not writing the check, right? He's certainly not distributing the power within that. But the other side of it is this. When those decisions are made long before, usually when a new athletic director is brought in, why are they brought in? Change. Change. Yeah. So understand that there are conversations that happen long before the recent conversations between Scott and Trev. Like the decision on whether, you know, and the same thing is applied with Fred, Fred Hoiberg. That there are people that speak to Trev before Trev speaks to coaches. So – Give that some space and some thought as it's, well. It's kind of like what we say with Bill Moose when we say Scott Frost being out there like he didn't have a choice. Like you either hire Scott Frost or maybe you're not the athletic director anymore. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you got to understand the the, the, the the pyramid that exists uh, and all that space. Um, yeah, I, I think the people above made that I decision. don't think it was that. I, I You know, hindsight, you may not agree with it, but I think at the time it was – if you go into it with all of these changes, maybe it could still work out as a big, it was a big, maybe and history says with coaches that start off that slowly at, at whatever situations, <laughs> it doesn't work out. I'm but sorry. I love great movie references. Randy says this, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need somebody to make that meme. Go grab Eddie Murphy for 48 hours and put Mickey Joseph's face on it. <laughs> or Sheriff Bart. 
Like what? <laughs> Any of the two. I'm sorry. I got to have some fun with it. We laugh so that we don't cry. <laughs> you know, people, people came for me during the game when I was just making jokes. And people were like, how can you laugh in a situation like this? I'm like, because I'm upset. Well, guys, the other thing is I know, and we've been talking about it, so maybe we're, we're getting to that point of laughing. Isn't this, this is the shot of, of, of exuberance that Husker fans needed? I mean, because you're not just thinking about um, the game against Oklahoma coming up. You got to sell out some of these. If you if you hold that that uh, sellout streak near and dear to your heart, which it's basically all Nebraska's got left <laughs> as far as all their records. Another one went out the window last night. Um, you know, you've got you got to reengage the interest. And I think after last night, the Husker fan base and faithful were probably thinking it again. And we've, everybody's been saying it since last night. It was a matter of when, not if. Um, so I I feel I feel like there's a better chance. Now and, and that's it's it's crazy because it's a lot to put on Mickey, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's a even from the outside, and I think this move is made for inside that locker room to get this feeling. But from the outside, I feel a bit rejuvenated. I don't feel one and two. I kind of feel zero and zero. I feel zero and zero. It's a new start. It's a fresh start. It's like you said, you got the new head coach, and we'll see how many not not if how many changes <laughs> come with mickey joseph taking over the reins at the at the university of nebraska football team yeah i <laughs> people are so funny <laughs> uh, uh texas says at the end of the day we need a coach with big ten experience <laughs> no you don't <laughs> no you don't no you don't no no coach has big ten experience until they until actually they, get big until ten they experience. Have big ten well, experience. and the other thing too is that we're gonna hear like a Urban, lot about Urban didn't it have is. it until he had yeah. it. Then it Urban had SEC experience. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a list of like ten things and if you checked all those boxes, you were gonna be a great hire. It was perfect yeah, but that's not how the world works, right? Yeah. But you have to know what it is that is important to you and the people that you are accountable to. Like you have to uh, look, I asked this of Jay Foreman. You still have to have at the top of the pyramid is it winning or is it money or is it fan base or is it optics? And the reality is winning cures all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Winning fixes everything else. So the decision, I hope, was based on winning, which if you do that, then Mickey Joseph has, has an opportunity, right, on the same schedule that people felt like with the talent that currently existed on this team could have a successful season, right? So then you put Mickey in play. And then you let Whipple free. You set new boundaries on the defense. You set new accountabilities and standards on the defense. And then you look at the same schedule with new leadership and tell me, and we should do that in the next segment. Like literally look at the next block of games with new leadership. With Let's say that for everything that Mickey Joseph and Mark Whipple and Applewhite bring to the table, that it's one score. That's what you need to happen for all the stuff is play. Then you look at the schedule again, and you have to say that that's what the decision was based on. That can you, through new leadership, new direction, new thinking, uh, new action, move the needle one score? What happens next? And I think that's a big part of it. We'll get to more of the text. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, you guys are, 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 are three figures strong. We greatly appreciate you hanging out. Uh, we'll we'll hang on until Tom and Mike get here. We'll in and out with them a little bit, and then we'll see how the rest of the day goes here on 93.7 The Ticket. Oh, man. Welcome back. Uh, listen, on a long day and a long Sunday, 
right. The troops come running, and we get smarter, bringing in some uh, new voices, new brains, new eyes, new ways of thinking, and new ways of uh, telling the story of what happened today. Uh, first of all, let's bring him in. The legend, the unofficial mayor of Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> How are you, DP? Tomas! What's happening, brother? I, I, I turned on the radio as soon as I saw the news. I mean, we would all flashed across our phone. I bet <laughs> DP's on the air already. <laughs> and he was. It's like three seconds later. I'm going, what is it? He's like Superman. Did he fly to the station? How did he get here? Uh, so you must have been tipped that that was going to happen. Look, Somebody I, told you like will, two hours before n- it happened. I will not accept that as true. <laughs> <laughs> would not allow that to be said Somebody as true. Somebody told DP this was going I, down. I will not say that as truth, but yeah. it was. It, I, I tell you, um, last night was eye-opening uh, in several ways, and I continually kept going, "Wow!" Like I was, I was counting how many times I said, "Wow," and then I started asking. Is this the moment where it all changes forever? And it kept happening. Right. So you guys tell me, I mean, as you watched the game last night, what Mike, what'd you what'd you think was going on? Sadly, I wasn't overly surprised. I, I thought they were gonna lose the game. Um Clay Helton and the offense that he ran is an offense that that outside of last year, Eric Chenander's defenses have always struggled with. Go back to their last year at, at UCF. Uh, even the the ACC or AAC title game, I mean, they gave up forty seven points or something, and it was the quick strike offense. And it um, there were so many. The frustrating thing was the amount of blown assignments. Um, the long run, you had a safety. Well, first of all, why are we in two deep safety at, at, at that position in the field and down in distance, whatever? But then when one of the safeties bites on a slant route that the receiver didn't sell because he stopped. And he's the guy that's got to go make the play, and I'm scratching. I'm like, okay, come on, <laughs> what is this a joke? And then you look at the the game winning touchdown. We have two linebackers that follow one guy that goes in motion, and oh by the way, they both left the hole that the quarterback went in and scored on. <laughs> right. Simple, not just not knowing base yeah. level assignments. It's one thing to learn how to defend a play. Elite coaches teach you how to play the game of football, regardless of scheme or circumstance. Rules apply for all of this. If not this, then this. In order, in place. And I didn't understand, watching that game last night, how there were so many plays where our two interior linemen ended up eight yards downfield. I didn't understand how our linebackers I, – I made the, the joke that well, the linebackers' jerseys are all wet because they both keep getting caught in the wash. Like, like it just because it was just it was consistent. Yeah. And then to watch the the extra energy spent on celebrating nonsense, mm. get back in the huddle and talk to each other. Yeah. Get connected and talk to each other. Like, don't run down the sideline by yourself, pointing at, at the opposing bench or pointing to the crowd. I don't know. Go tell the guy who's a first year guy next to you or inside of you what you saw that helped you make a play. Right. But it's that sort of stuff when you talk about leadership and coaching. That's the real stuff to me. X and O stuff, look, first of all, you're born with whatever DNA you were born yeah. with. And that heart thing that we can't figure out how to measure, we better figure out in recruiting because otherwise the same old is going to happen. Give uh, Nebraska fans a little hope, DP, because you've been in this situation before where a coach is fired and you're asked to step up and you're that different voice that Trev talked about, right? We need a different voice. Can it be as simple as that, a different voice in the locker room? Yes. Yes, and, and, and it has to be somebody that connects to players. 
Um, without going into into names, there were coaches who were in this program who had players for 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 a year or two and never actually had a conversation outside of football with them. Like right. that's a thing. Yeah, like that's a and that's that's from the coach. Right. I mean, there's that <laughs> old there's that old uh, thing in coaching that you can you can yell at me as long as I know you love me and care about me. Is that true? To it, you? It, it's at, well. See, I can only speak. I can speak from it from this. That every successful coaching program or, or, or staff that I've been on, love was present above everything else, above IQ, yeah. uh, above work ethic, above everything else. Is that they actually gave a crap about themselves and the people they were in charge right. of. Like it's it it was simple. It was simple to get young people to move, especially today's young people. Yeah. And we keep throwing back and going, well, you know, you got to run through walls and you got to chew up rocks and spit nails. Uh, this dude's on TikTok, man. You better figure out. <laughs> like, like, you better figure out what moves this dude. Right. Like, this dude is really like, yeah. look, he's got he's got a filter on his face when yeah. he when he's on TikTok. So you better figure it out. Well, Jay you know, said something interesting earlier today when you guys were talking early on when you came on. It was a great conversation, by the way. That was good stuff. Uh, that it's not about scheme. It's not about a 4-3 versus a 3-4. It's about fundamentals of football. You can, I mean, they run 4-3 half the time, and sometimes you think they're running the 4-3, they're actually at a 3-4. It's, it's about execution and getting guys to do fundamental stuff that they haven't done consistently for four and a half years. The things that haven't changed in football from the Tom, Tom Osborne days, the Bob Devaney days, the Newt Rockney days, blocking, Tackling, running, basic stuff together in a connected, unified way. Like, listen, I, I, I'm great with you being the best tackler on the on the Nebraska defense, but if everybody's running away from you and we can't force anybody to you, yeah. we're out of luck. Yeah. Like, look, if you're the worst tackler and they keep picking on you, yeah. I failed as a coach. I failed as a teammate. I failed as a player. It's can you? Understand a blocking scheme so simply that no matter what people walk up to you, you have a plan of attack. And there are too many times where this defense lines up and they're pointing and they're moving. And there was one play, there's two sequences where the entire defense is moving. As an offensive coordinator, if I get one defender to be moving at the time of the ball, I won. I won because I know who I'm attacking. If everybody's there, I'm, somebody's going to bang their head on the goalpost. Yeah. That's how it works. So you figure out a way. Listen, if you can't protect the most important thing and person on the field, if you're an offensive lineman, protect your quarterback and the ball, right? Because they're usually tied together. Yeah. If you're a running back, protect the ball and protect the teammates, right? Protect the game and situation. If you're a receiver, you know what? Do not let that ball become somebody else's. That's real, you know, and then protect the runners that come with you. Yeah. Defensive side of it. I don't know. Defend the goalposts in the football. Right. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Like, there's one football. There's one football and 11 people. Well, there's a new sheriff in town, <laughs> right? There's a, it'll right. be interesting. to say, It sounded like Trev Alberts was saying, hey, Mickey can do what he wants to do, oh, and yeah. I'm not going to stand in his way. And if he wants to make a few changes on the staff and, and bring in somebody, maybe even midseason, maybe that is a possibility. Uh, because there are some serious problems that don't normally get corrected on the defensive side of the ball just because you get a new voice. Maybe it is as simple as there's a new voice in the locker room, they'll listen to Mickey Joseph, and they'll start tackling better. But I've rarely seen that in the world of college football. If you're bad, 
three games in, you're usually bad in game 9, 10, 11, 12. Because coaches don't always have the honest discussion and the power is not always equal. See? Fair point. <laughs> when you go into the room, there's a guy who has the grand overseer voice above all voices, and it may not be the head coach. It may not be. As a matter of fact, some of the great detriments to, to, to good coaches are bad players with big voices. Yeah. Right? That was the program. Sure. That was the program. Yeah. Right? Or players who – good voices who said bad things constantly. I don't know who ran the room, but there was some battle between whose voice should be heard the loudest, right. even on offense. Right? Even on offense. And if Scott's attention was focused on offense, what's happening on the defensive side? Right. Who's the voice of reason and redirection when it when Shenander needs somebody to lean on? Yeah. Who can get him right? And if Scott's over here peeking over Whipple's shoulder, who's peeking over Shenander's shoulder? Well, and you didn't have to worry about that last year because you had JoJo, who was like a coach on the field. You had uh, Ben Stilley. You had Markel Dismuke. You had uh, Deontay Williams. You had guys that were practically 35 years old and yeah. so, uh, <laughs> that were coaches on the field. And it still didn't help you. Well, it at least got you in one-score games all the time. and you. Well, were, you were in a one-score game last night. Yeah, but that's well, true. That but, is the question. But they what? gave up a lot of yards that last night. That is the question. What happened from last year's defense? Obviously, all those guys changed. Because that, that's what I want to know about Shenander. Did he just forget football all of a sudden? Or is it a whole new group of, of young guys still learning defense as opposed to last year's defense, which we did overhype a little bit probably. But ultimately, you know, they held Michigan State without a first down in the second half. They, uh, they well, yeah, they're still losing these games. But I'm talking about just the defense played great in that game, played really good against right. Oklahoma, holding uh, Lincoln Riley's offense down against Oklahoma, which hadn't been done all that yeah. time. What happened from that Shenander to this Shenander is it, it was it all the 28-year-olds in the room? Yeah. That always helps you to have people who are familiar with what, what, what they see. Yeah, like the, I, the, like this the, isn't new. Um, yeah, the, the best thing to have is an old team. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that'll never change. I don't care if it's – In any sport at any yeah, level. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Experience. Yeah, I mean, you're playing midget peewee football, Pop Warner football, and you it's six- and seven-year-olds, and your entire team is seven-year-olds – you're better off than the team that's got half and half. It doesn't make any difference. Old teams are more successful normally. Every great defense and every great offense starts in the same place, middle of the field. Mm -hmm. Middle of the field. And that's in every sport. Right. In every sport, if you can't defend the middle, it doesn't matter what, you, what, what skill position guys you have on the outside. It doesn't matter how athletic you are because, quite frankly, the easiest deficit for you as a defender is right up the middle. There are fewer people. <laughs> I don't have to mess with you. I can get my, 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 my three and a half yards plus per play right. e as easily as possible. And that's with good people in the middle. Look, Damian Daniels was a thud. He was just an absolute thud. Mm. And what they could not do without him, one, it's a, it was one of my great things that I, I'll pout about. I wish he came back another year. Yeah, oh. me too. Um, but the assumption is that the next person up is as good as the person they replaced. And that's just not true. No. And so you miss that. You miss in the middle. He was a great protector for Reimers and, and Heinrich. He was a great protector. Yeah. Like he took on two linemen, so one of them couldn't get upfield for your backer who's now free to make a play. That's not happening now. No. That's not happening now. And I, I'm, I'm looking at it and telling you, Oklahoma's looking at the tape, and they've got steak, and it's rare, and they're just yeah. pulling off bites with their yeah. teeth. 
because this team has not figured out defensively how to be stable in the middle. They rotated guys. Uh, of the four guys that were there, they were being moved six, seven, eight yards a pop. Yeah. Uh, linebackers were, were, saw more of the backs of, off, of defensive linemen's jerseys than running backs coming towards them. So, adjustments can be made. You know who knows defenses better than defensive coordinators? Offensive coordinators. And so, if they will listen, if defensive coordinators will listen to offensive geniuses, they become smarter and wiser and better. The next thing that has to happen is the defensive group has to be coachable from the coaches down. Let me ask you something, guys, because uh, Mickey's works with some really good coaches and won a national title. One of those coaches was a pretty good defensive line coach named Ed Orgeron. He's mm-hmm. not doing much right now. I mean, if, <laughs> would you would you think about doing calling a buddy? I mean, the oh, first thing man. when you're in trouble, you call a friend, right? Phone oh, a friend. Man. Oh, man. But, see, Mickey knows Ed. <laughs> Mickey knows Ed. And uh, the reason why Ed's not doing anything right now, like there's a, re- <laughs> there's a reason. There's a, there's a reason why. Yeah. And I'm not sure that sells but, here. But here's my biggest complaint. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it may not sell here. I, I, just, I was thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah. But the biggest – we talked about experience, uh, you know, on this team, but we, experience in coaching matters as well. And let's face it, if, if Scott could have a mulligan, I think he would do what he did this year earlier. Oh, yeah. Then, then wait around – with a bunch of inexperienced coaches and hope for them to grow in a league that demands great coaching all the time because these guys have been in the league, most of these coaches, 30-plus years. And I think that's where he finally got it right a little bit on the offensive side, and then it blew up in his face defensively. Mm. This this looks like an offense that can give you 35 a game. Without, they average 36. They yeah. average 36 a game, which should have you at 3-0 and with the – Three opponents. Yeah, if you would have told that to Scott Frost at the beginning of the year, he said we're three and zero. We are. We are three and zero, and we're all set up for a great weekend in in in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, with Oklahoma coming in. Right, DP. I want to ask you something. You've been in the room mm-hmm. you, when when stuff has happened and it's gone down. And um, Trev alluded to this in the press conference. It's Mickey's team. He's going to act as a head coach. A little bit about what Tom said about, you know, if he wants to make a staff change, I support it. I'm not going to tell him he has to or doesn't have to or can't or won't or whatever. But he made another comment that Mickey is going to share with you all some substantial changes that are coming. I, I was pointing that out the box. What, what, that, that was really interesting to me because it's like if they, if they are going to share, what do you think it's going to be? <laughs> I'll get in trouble. I'll so get in trouble. Um, first of all, first part, first thing first, that Mickey as the head coach, and people, and I've said this to people, and people get mad when I say it. If they come to me with the with the with the question and curiosity about what's who's the next coach for this program, stop. His name is Mickey Joseph. The next coach is here. Mm-hmm. The next coach is here. Like, that decision wasn't made. When he was given the associate head coach title, there was a reason. Mm -hmm. There was a reason, right? And it was right after the conversation with Scott about the new agreements and what the new standards were, right? You've got it. There are things you've got to do in place. And you know how I'm going to guarantee it? You're either going to do it or not do it, is I'm going to put some pressure on you, and I'm going to have a guy next to you who checks a lot of the same boxes you check. Right, success from different places, right. uh, Nebraska connection, uh, understanding of what it takes to win at the highest level. Okay, great. Now he's there, and now because of 
all things involved, Mickey Joseph is the interim head coach at the University of Nebraska. Period. Full stop. End. Then, if you're going to ask him to get right and save the season by winning games, you have to give him permission to be successful in a way that he needs to do it. Right. And I guarantee you in the conversation that Trev and Mickey had, there were conversations about, well, listen, there's some things, there's some dudes that, quite frankly, aren't getting it done. Do you want to keep them or not? And Mickey answered, and we'll know the answer on Tuesday. Yeah. We'll know the answer on Tuesday. We may know it before, but we'll know on Tuesday. And here's the other thing. For all the stuff, that he, the biggest thing that Trev said today was, integrity will be thing one for me. Integrity, mm-hmm. which means you've got to put people in place who not only want change but are accountable to it. Right. That's when I know you're a coach. Every great coach I've ever been around said, I cannot be the smartest guy in the room, and I will not be the smartest guy in the room. That's every great coach. I don't care what sport. I don't care what level. Yeah. The guy that says, okay, guys, give it to me. What do we need to do here? Right. What and am the- I missing? And the guy that's never been known as – well, he's always been known as the smartest guy in every room, but he's never declared that he was is Tom Osborne. And Jay Foreman told me this yesterday. I was talking to him at a tailgate party. He goes, why aren't more coaches using him? Nope. Bo Pelini didn't use him. Mike Riley certainly didn't use him. And Scott Frost, from what I've heard, didn't either. I would have that guy on a retainer watching film with me every single day. Because he is the smartest guy in every single room. He doesn't say that he is. But if you want some information about how to play football, you might want to go to a Hall of Famer. And he's right there. The players on this roster, their various players through meals and conversations, have called Mickey Whip, uh, Mark Whipple a genius. A genius. You can see it in the design of the plays. They called Mickey Joseph the mad scientist. Right. When these young people connect to coaches enough to pay attention, and they're always paying attention, but they're paying attention and then saying, you know what? Something really good's happening over there. And then to say it's not showing up. And so you ask the question. And I, I, I will say this. I would imagine that several players are thrilled about the new opportunities today. Right? Because tomorrow's win a job day. Right. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, if you're a third-team defensive player, you have a new shot, don't you? Mm-hmm. Right, Got you a new opportunity to make plays when you haven't been allowed right. to make plays. And for whatever marriages of, of convenience coaches and players have, the marriages are only work if the scoreboard matches. I think some <laughs> – co- the, the thing I love about Mickey Joseph is he isn't afraid to coach hard. Um And I think most players, it's just like you want to be taught by the best teachers who demand a lot of you. Even if you say you don't want to do the homework, Mm -hmm. you really do Mm -hmm. because you want to be smart. You don't want to be a knucklehead. Um, And I think that's one of the things. In fact, there was maybe a wide receiver or two that couldn't handle that, that uh, (laughs) decided that Mickey Joseph coaches too hard. And I don't want to have those demands placed on me, and so maybe I'm leaving. But – I've seen this wide receiver core play better than I have in three years. Go ahead, well, Mike. Real quick, one of the things that I noticed in, in an opportunity I had to ask Coach Joseph a question about, give the fans some insight. What are those little things, the tiny little details 
that you demand out of your players. And he said, I don't demand tiny details. If they sit there and worry about tiny details and that's all they're focused on, that, that's second nature. That's tiny detail. That's second nature. He goes, if they can figure out a way to get to the place I need them in the time frame, I don't care how they do it. I'm not going to tell them they have to do it this way or that way. He gives them the freedom to be themselves, to make their own mistakes, to learn from their own mistakes, and to be successful because of them as well as his teaching. He's on giving them opportunity. and on purpose. Exactly. Like receivers will say that. We'll throw the break. We'll come back. Tom and Mike are here. We're going to hang out. Bach is here. We'll hang out and carry through. Look, we're going to stay here as long as y'all want to talk about what y'all want to talk about here. 93.7 The Ticket. Welcome back. Uh, short break before I officially hand it over to him, but I'm going to hang out. If you guys want to yell in, tag in. Uh, Bach, you know, Bach's here. He's a good voice. He's he's oh, absolutely. You know, we he's can get best. him in and do that. And then uh, I'm going to juggle. We <laughs> we had planned. What's the word in <laughs> Sunday night pancakes? <laughs> but I have a sneaky suspicion that that's not going to happen. Um, but if folks still want to talk about it, you know, in that that seven to nine hour after these two do their thing, so be it. So be it. Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, first of all. Uh, it's the first chance for me to actually say to you guys, thank you for what you've been doing. You're welcome. In this time and space, thank you for what you've been doing. Um, another thing I want to say to folks, listeners still feel like Tom and I are like box every time we <laughs> I was like, what did you – I had a texter say, they go, like, what did you do to Tom to make Tom run away? And I was like, Tom's a grown-ass man. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I'm like, Tom is my brother. Yeah, like, right. what are you – We are brothers. And I came, <laughs> by the way, I came back. Yeah, uh, like you're here. Like That's you're right. literally here. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, we used to argue all the time, all the way home. Yeah. <laughs> it was yes. great. Uh, we had some yes. – and then we would hug it out. It yes. Was, it, was, uh, it was about the best couple of years. I learned so much from, from DP because he's, he's flat out the best interviewer I've ever worked with. Uh, and we got great interviewers during COVID. Yeah. We, we were not talking about sports. Hey, man. Like so we, we, had to, we had to work, didn't we? We, we had to work a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we have, uh, you know, so many great interviews from that time. And uh, I learned a lot about how to do a good radio show. And it was mostly from you. Well, bro, I love you like my own. I same, swear to goodness, man. And, Mike, I'm, I love what you do and I love who you are. Well, thank you. Appreciate so, that. Uh, and there's more in play. Need to get you guys in, back in the full fold of what we do. Once a week is not enough. Two hours ain't it. Well, it ain't it. Twist our arm. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's that's the thing. We'll talk about it. But yeah. listen, you guys understand the mission of this station. You understand the purpose behind it. Today is a perfect example of why you need a roster full of talented, caring people, intelligent people who will come down here and spend their day with folks and give them a place where they can come meet, hang out, talk about what they care about, how they care about Well, it's also good to know when you get an event like this. I mean, you, it, we all saw it scroll across our phone with the announcement of Frost being fired. I turn on the radio literally five minutes later, and you guys are talking about it. I mean, that's it's it's great to know that. Bach was on the move, bro. Bach was on the move. <laughs> yeah. Bach hit it. I was like, okay, Jacob, what is, let's go. Let's go. Like, this is our time. <laughs> I told like I've, I've, I've been there. I've been there for these things. I know how these days go. I know when I get yeah. that screen, it's, oh, we better get to the ticket. Come Today on, man. is an extra day for the ticket. And it's been this way really since what? Bo Pol the Bo Pelini era. I mean, yeah. when we went on the air, 2011, 2012, I know you you remember some of the hirings and the firings that went with it. 
Uh, I remember being in my church clothes when Bo Pelini was fired <laughs> and going, well, he's, we better be on the air here in about 10 minutes. And it's been that way. And the ticket brings that to you. And it, it's only gotten better uh, with DP. I, I appreciate you guys so much. I appreciate the listeners, again, for hanging out with us. Um, but we're going we're gonna to hang out and talk about this for as long as they want to get stuff off their chest and they want to get opinions. Uh, let them feel how they feel. Uh, we'll throw the break. I'll get out of here. I'm going to go watch a little NFL on the other side of the screen, screen but I'll be here. And Bach, Mike, and Tom will carry you through uh, the next two hours at least, and then we'll figure it out from there. We thank you all. Love you all. Remember those three words. Go Big Red. <laughs>